Welcome to Kanza Radio, a weekly update on the people, events, activities, and initiatives of the Kaan Nation, people of the South Wind, on 1230 WBBZ and 1047 The Bull. Now from the Kaan Nation studios, this week's edition of Kanza Radio. For this segment, we have Storm Brave. She's the language director for Kaan Nation. Thank you for coming in today, Storm. Oh, thank you for asking me. So you're a Kaan Nation tribal member who's very involved with the culture and language. Tell us a little bit about how Kaan Nation culture shaped your upbringing. Well, I was raised by my mother, Gonze Wakoyi. She's Gonze, and she's from the Donikashinga, the Deer Clan. So being raised around my culture and my language is how I have my position today. Although my father, he is from the Wahakalin district, and he's Wajaji. So I'm both tribes. I'm Wajaji and Gonze. But I was raised Gonze. And ever since I was little, I have been here with on my Gonze reservation with my people and just immersed in this environment. So I guess that's how I am who I am today. So at what point did you know that you wanted to use this upbringing and being so embedded in your culture to help preserve our native language? What ultimately led you to becoming the language director for Kaan Nation? I think what led me to this position today is the path that my grandma, Iko Gitse Mariro, she was the one in the 1970s who preserved our language and worked with a linguist from KU, Dr. Bob Rankin, to preserve our Gonze Ie so it is able to carry on and be picked up by me, her granddaughter, and I foresee it having a good future now, and it wouldn't be possible without my grandma, Maud Rowe, today. You also mentioned Dr. Rankin. Mm-hmm. I've seen some things throughout the archives on our on our dot-com website. He played a, a pretty important role for a long time as well, correct? Yes. So when my grandma, Maud Rowe, uh, began her journey on this language preservation and, and putting a, together a dictionary in the 1970s, she worked with Dr. Bob Rankin, and she lived in Scheidler, Oklahoma. Still today, when I listen to her audio tapes in my office, um, I can hear in the background a bunch of children, and that's actually my mom and my uncles playing in the background. And he would come there every day, and they would sit under this big tree in Scheidler, and they would work on making a dictionary and studying the Gonze Ie so it could be preserved for today. When I was little, something else that probably shaped me is my mother, little Carol Clark, she used to work for the language department, and she worked with my teacher, by Taposka, Justin McBride. She worked there, and my little brother and I were taking Gonze Ie classes when we were five and six years old, and we stuck with our Gonze Ie classes until we graduated high school. And so having that much language training and studying, that's how I also got here. Our language is referred to as Degiha Soon which basically means that it's part of a larger language family involving other tribes, right? Yes. It said like a long day ago that there was um, one tribe, and the Kaanze Nikashinga, they actually don't say Degiha, we say Yagaha Nikashinga. 
there was five tribes that were one tribe. It was the Omaha or the Umaha, Bonka, Wajaji, Ogapa, and Kanze Nikashinga. And that'll be Ponka, Kwapa, Omaha, Gonze, and Wajaji or Osage. And a long time ago, we were all together, but as we started making our way across the plains, we started to break apart. And the Ponca Nikashinga, they kind of went one way towards Nebraska and I guess like the western part of Oklahoma. And then the Omaha, they stayed up north. And the Gonze, Wajaji, and Ogapa Nikashinga, we came down a little bit further. And then soon the Ogapa or Kwapa Nikashinga, they broke off and they went downstream. And today you you would notice that their casino is called the Downstream Casino. That's just them and part of our history as the Degiha people. And then the Wajaji and the Gonze Nikashinga stayed together the longest. And you can kind of tell that in our our languages because they're so similar. When you're listening to them both, it's kind of hard to tell sometimes who is speaking what because we're just still very closely related. That also gives us good language allies and a good future, I guess, because we would have someone. Preserve it, yeah, yeah, preserve it because we'll always have somebody to to help us. We'll never be our ne- our language will never be taken from us. So, tell us about some of the programs that you currently have in place regarding education and preserving the language for future generations. I believe you have locations in Cause City as well as Newkirk. My uh, language department in Gonzitamo in Cause City. We have an immersion class at 10.30 a.m. on Mondays and Wednesdays. And those classes are for mostly before school age children, and that's who I target in those classes because they're um, they're being immersed in, into Gonzaia, so I try to speak as much Gonzaia as I can. And that's where I have some really good speakers that have left that class to go to regular school. And... It's just amazing seeing how much they can actually learn before they go to school, but it's kind of sad once they do go to school, they kind of lose those skills, but I still get them on Christmas breaks and Thanksgiving breaks and stuff like that. So that's an immersion class, and I have currently have a set of two-year-old twins and and two more two-year-olds that are cousins, and I have two sisters that are just from here in Cost City. And so a kind of nice-sized class for language class, and that's something that is new or newer to our to our people, and it started when I started as the director to have immersion classes. And then we have a, a class that's our advanced class that's been going for a little over 20 years, and there's two students still left in there. And they work to research, and it's more of a conversational class, and that's on Thursday evenings at 5.30. And those classes, our advanced class is actually on Zoom as well. So if you are wanting to enroll into that class, it's it's pretty easy. If you look on the website, you will see our email and our phone numbers. And if you just give us your email address, we can send you the links to those classes as well. Right now... Um, those are the only two classes I have in Cost City, the immersion class and the advanced class. But starting in January, we will be having a beginner's level course that's probably around six weeks long. And 
that will hopefully be on Zoom, so you can zoom in wherever you are, or it will be at the Library and Learning Center in Cossity. Hopefully by then we'll have our camera to where you can go to that class from our Newkirk site as well. That way we're offering it in both communities. My classes in Newkirk, I like to call the the Cost City Language Department, the Language Department. And then when we move to Newkirk, that's our Youth Language Department. That's where where we are located. We have access to 75 students just right there within the same area. But we do, on Fridays, we have a youth class that has around 23 to 25 kids that attend on Fridays from 3.30 to around 5.15. They are dropped off by the Newkirk school bus. We also transfer them from Scheidler schools and Ponca City schools. So once we all get there at 3.45, we start learning our Gonza EA and working on stuff that, that we need to work on, like performances and competitions, just fun ways to keep our language revitalization going amongst our youth. Um, why I say there's 75 students is because it's also conveni- conveniently located next to our child care facilities. And we have our before school age children in what I call the red building. And there's about 30 Jingaji children in that facility. And then across the street, we have our after school program that has about 20 to 25 students in there. And then I have my 25 that that commute to language class on Fridays. So you cover the spectrum. You have all sorts of um, resources available if you want to learn the language for multiple ages. Mm -hmm. So if someone was interested in learning about the language or wanting to become more affluent in it, what advice would you give them? What are some of the steps they can take to get started? What they should do is probably join a class and stick with it. Learning language is never easy, and know that it's important and the importance of your language. It's sacred, and it's going. it needs to be here for many generations. So I think just telling yourself that, that it's important and actually going to class and making that effort, I think that's enough. We have connation.gov slash language. That'll have any contact information you need to get a hold of Storm and inquire into joining classes. That webpage also has um, various language resources, links to her learning site, her online learning site, vocabulary downloads, uh, basic language course, compiled prayers, and even a guide on Kanza verbs. You have personally authored a few educational materials, some books. I believe they're targeted towards children, correct? Yes. One is a traditional story um, called Wahoyinge, which is about an orphan and his journey on, I think, trying to find a wife and um, living with his grandma outside of the the camp circle. It's it's a really cool book. It comes with an audio book in the back, so you're able to read along and listen to the pronunciation of the words. I think there's also a key in there with our alphabet on it, so it's a really useful learning tool. The other book is a coloring book for young children, and it goes over our numbers and a few animals and other useful vocabulary for them. It also comes with an audio book in the back, so you're able to listen to the pronunciation. 
those are both really good, but what I would start with would probably be come by the language department and grab a dictionary from me because our our dictionary in the front of it it's in Kanzeie and in the back of it it's in Mahitangeie English so you don't have to know Kanzeie to look up a word you can look up whatever word you want in English and find that pronunciation so if you have a Kanzei dictionary i think that's the most useful language tool you can have and if you're Kanzei those are free come to my department and see me what other kinds of literature are available regarding, uh, you know, language education and preservation? Yeah, we have several different things. And if if you're curious about your clan or your people, we have a clan book that goes over that and some responsibilities of, of your clan and the way that, that our people were. And there's also, there's so, so many resources and materials in language because I'm not the only one that's been here. There's been my teacher, Justin McBride. There's been Dr. Bob Rankin, my grandma. There's hours and hours of audio. I mean, a decade worth of audio. So if you wanted to listen to those, come by the language department. Those are available to you. There's a lot. You've also been doing some gardening projects. What are some of the ways that you're incorporating language and cultural lessons into these different garden projects with your students? So I have two small gardens in front of the library in Cost City. And one, um, we had tomatoes and Brussels sprouts and onions and other vegetables that we need. And we use, and then we take the, the produce from those two small gardens to our Title VI. And then recently, in August, I planted a 40 by 40 pumpkin patch. And it's in a useful part of our dance grounds out at Washunga, Oklahoma. It will soon be able to be a resource for our people. Once we get the soil testing and soil right, then we're going to be able to plant potatoes, onions, tomatoes, all the useful things our cooks could use, our ohon. That's where most of our tribal events, social events, and other events are held. So I'm excited to see what that can do for our Gonze Nikashinga. You also have some of your students that help you out there a little bit, too? Mm-hmm. Some of our immersion students help at the library gardens. They're before school age students, so six weeks to three-year-olds will help pick the produce from that garden. And then we had, I have a youth team in Newkirk that we call Tajay Sage, which means hard wind because we're the people of the south wind, the Anikashinga. So our language team, Tajay Sage, is made up of 23 to 25 students that commute and get dropped off by the Newkirk school bus and Scheidler schools and Ponca City schools. We work together to plan for the new garden out at the powwow grounds at Washunga. Over the summer, I had a few of them that needed community service and other things, so they were able to help get some manure and other things spread across the garden, so we were able to plant more seeds and fertilize it so nice a little bit of functional learning kind of incorporating yeah. different language lessons into these gardening projects which ultimately help the the greater community mm-hmm. and the Kansai Nikashinga actually we had a long day ago we had a clan or a group of clans that were actually responsible for our gardens and our crops and things and that's another avenue that our language department is trying to go down is not only language revitalization, but culture revitalization. And that's going to bring back some of those 
old traditions and ways of taking care of our garden and maybe even singing our songs that went along with that. Hopefully we can get our youth involved and our people back involved to bring those things back to light. Tell us about some of the other community events you're involved in. I recently attended a mini powwow that you were part of at Newkirk High School. I believe there's another youth powwow. I think it's the language powwow that you guys have during the summer. Uh huh. So the youth powwow at Newkirk High School, that was hosted by our JOM program, and that was just to involve the school children and educate them on Native American heritage, considering November was Native American Heritage Month. So... We had involvement in, in the Newkirk mini powwow. But in the summertime in May, the second week of May, usually we have a youth powwow that's hosted by our language team, Taji Sage. Our, all of our head staff is actually youth, children, and we try to do that all the way through the powwow. So our cooks are children, our, our most of our dancers, and but everyone is welcome to come dance because... It's really just to honor them and their hard work throughout the year. It's a celebration. It's about our language, and our language is important. So everyone is invited. That's the second week of May. So we'll be having that again in 2023. When it comes to the Connation Language Department, as the director, tell us some more about your staff and the different roles they play within your department. You recently had an intern as well, correct? Mm-hmm. So although our department does a lot, it... It's kind of stressful because we only have, we have me, the director, and Taposka. And then I have Susie Smith, who is my curriculum specialist, and she's the one that builds the curriculum to match our students and our people, our Gonze Nikashinga. And so she does a really good job at pacing them, helping them reach that next level of language efficiency. That's, that's what Susie does, and she does a lot of our grants. Oh, I had an intern, yes, Brandy Wood. She's a Newkirk Tiger. I've had Brandy in class since she was nine years old, and she's 17, so that's pretty cool, and she's one of our most advanced students, and she's one of our youth, and I think that's the future of our language in our language department is a lot of our children are jinga jinga carrying this forward, and that's why we're here today is to make sure that they know everything that they, they need to in case something should happen. We This language carries forward, just like my grandma's dreams trying to tie up and move this language forward for them and for my children too. Is there any um, coordination that you're doing with outside organizations or other tribes regarding language preservation? Yes, we work with a lot of different tribes. Like we mentioned before, we're part of the Degiha people, our Yagohan Nikashinga. That's our family. So we reach out to our brother tribes. Like right now, I just recently reached out to our Wajaji Nikashinga, the Osage tribe, about Scheidler Public Schools, which is in their jurisdiction. But we're going to start teaching language classes at Scheidler. I have to make sure that, that we work with the Wajaji people. I guess the Ponca people, um, they, their language department reaches out to us and, and we reach out to them. It's all kind of a team effort because we're all here for the same reason, to revitalize and keep our language alive. So it would be much harder if we didn't have those allies, so we keep them close. Another thing that I noticed was really neat, there was a recent um, Veterans Day parade held in Ponca City. Former Chair Lynn Williams and yourself helped to coordinate Con Nation's participation, and you guys had a float going. Something I noticed, you had a, 
a beautiful banner that was put together. You were able to do some research and compile a list of some of the local tribal veterans and put their names on this banner. Something I know that you're very excited about is continuing to work with the local tribal community and compile a more extensive list of veteran names to go on these banners in parades to come. Now, they probably just have to reach out to your department, um, your email, phone number. What would you What would you say is the best way for people that want to kind of give you these names and, and help you to compile a more extensive list? I think the best way would probably be by email, which is just emailing me or my assistant Susie at connation.com. Well, thank you again, Storm, for sitting down and talking to us about all these incredible programs and events that you have underway. You do so much for our tribe to help preserve the language, preserve the culture. I look forward to sitting down with you in the future to continue to talk with you about a lot of these things that you have underway. Uh-huh, we blow, huh? Thank you for having me today. We don't make domin ke. This is Kanza Radio, a service of the Kaw Nation of Oklahoma. Are you looking for a fun way to be active and live a healthy lifestyle? Kanza Wellness Center in Newkirk is your destination for state-of-the-art cardio machines, a full weight room, and group fitness classes for all ages and fitness levels. Also, get a game of pickleball started next door at the Macaulay Gymnasium. Want to rent our facilities for a private party with bounce house included? No problem. Call 580-362-1444 to find out more. For health, fitness, and fun, come see us at the Kanza Wellness Center at 3201 East River Road in Newkirk, Oklahoma. Next to the Kanza Clinic, where the pharmacy is now open through lunch. This segment we're going to be doing, we're going to be talking with Mr. Andrew Means. Mr. Andrew, can you tell us about what your position is here with the Con Nation? How long you've been here? Kind of a little background on... Yes, sir. Born and raised in Kay County. I uh, graduated in 2011, went to Friends University in Wichita, Kansas, and graduated with a bachelor's in science and psychology in 2015, and have since returned to Kay County. Okay, how long have you worked total for the Con Nation? Um, let's see, I would have started... March of 2021, so it's been a year and just a handful of months now. Okay, and what's your current position with the Con Nation? Um, currently, just took over in May the Social Service uh, Department Director position. Um, I was previously working as the Later Life Coordinator at the Domestic Violence Department in Newkirk and was there from uh, March of 2021 until May of this year. Can you kind of give us a brief overview of the Social Service Department with the Con Nation? Basically, our department is social services. We help all, all of our Call Nation tribal members, try and assist them in any way that we possibly can, whether that be with utility assistance, they're having some sort of energy crisis. I know recently over the summer we've had a few of our tribal members that have lost their AC and we have been able to come in and assist and at least help them with a window unit or something that they can uh, remain cool when it's it's so hot and, and dry out. Basically our, our department is in place to uh, assist our tribal members in whatever they may possibly need in emergency situations. So that ranges from do you have a rental assistance program or anything like that? Uh, we don't necessarily have a rental assistance program. Typically housing is the one that does that. Um, Recently, we have been trying to expand our LIHEAP program, um, and LIHEAP, there's a lot of different things that we can do 
with LIHEAP, um, most notoriously, we pay uh, utility bills and help some of our tribal members that are, are going through a tough time. They may be unemployed or, you know, they may be uh, taking on some family members' kids and may not be able to help stay self-sufficient during that time. So we try to come in and help them in, in any way we can to assist them in staying self-sufficient. Okay, what about emergency assistance for someone? School's going back in session. You guys have any social service programs specifically for students or tribal members or yep. I know JOM does a lot of that, but I didn't know where you guys fell into this. JOM does do a lot of it, but we have a program right now, um, our Community Service Block Grant Program. It's a program that we have that we can use for people that are trying to go back to school, uh, adults that are trying to go back to college, uh, Botech and Ponca City, if they're trying to do that. We can help assist them on paying for school supplies, paying for like uniforms for their work. I know we've done that before in the past, um, but yeah, absolutely, that is something that we can do just depending on the person's circumstances. And we're kind of coming off where COVID is not as prevalent as it once was, but I do know the tribe has some COVID response in place for mm-hmm. tribal members. Absolutely. Um, recently, we've seen a, a little bit of an upswing in members that are testing positive. We still are doing our COVID grocery assistance where Basically, if you're one of our call tribal members, you can contact us. All we really need is is a filled out application to verify that you're enrolled within the call nation. And then we are able to go and do a Walmart pickup for grocery order and deliver that to your home to where you don't need to get out. And we're able to assist with that. So that's the COVID response. That's been going on since 2021, I guess. Yep. Roughly 2021. May have even been a little bit before that in early or excuse me, late 2020. And that's outside the new COVID $2,000 that tribal members are getting that was just started last Wednesday. That has Yes, enough. sir. And you can't, you can double dip. You, even if you get your 2000 and you test positive for COVID, they can call you. And Absolutely. Are you working by yourself or do you have any help? Or? Nope. Since I've started, I've had an assistant found along that's been in the office with me. She's been here for just under two years. Uh, that's been a big help. Fallon uh, has been in the department and knows uh, some of the protocol and the ins and outs of the daily activities and what we need to get done. So that's been a big help in me transitioning from my position in Newkirk to here in Call City as the director. You've given some of the highlights of what currently is going on with our social service department. What kind do you see coming in the future or you would like to see? or At this time, we're trying to, we just finished up our school clothing program just a couple of weeks ago. August 12th was the last day. We are really, really excited about that. This year was the first year that we were able to take off uh, income verifications on that. So we were able to reach a lot more families and be able to assist with clothing for our school age kids. We did $200 Visa cards this year as opposed to $150 Walmart cards last year. And we were able to give out about $280 Visa Visa cards, um, whereas last year I think we were only able to give out about 150. I'm really hoping that we can expand that program. Right now we have a limit on being able to try and get vouchers out to people within our jurisdiction. I would like to try and expand that at some point, hopefully next year, and also be able to try and reach our college kids that are going through school as well. To me, uh, there are tribal members that are going through a difficult time. Uh, I've been there. I know what that's like. So if we're able to assist our tribal members in getting a higher education, I think that we 
we should absolutely push to do that. That's a very valid point. What services are available outside our service area? Are all your services mainly for the local people in our service area? Is there anything that if I'm a call tribal <clears throat> member in Topeka, Kansas, can you assist me with my rental program? I'm getting ready to be evicted or anything like that? Or is it most of our programs or our call members, they are programs that we can help assist anywhere. Our eyeglass program, dental program, our hearing aid program, burial assistance, headstone, our emergency assistance program. You're talking about help, you know, with utilities. That's a program that we can use anywhere throughout the United States and absolutely assist members through that program. As far as programs inside K County that call members can use but are not able to outside, that would just really be at this point LIHEAP and our community blocks or community service block grant um, that I spoke about earlier. And you mentioned something that I would think would be through the clinic, but that's through social service. That's the eyeglasses. Yep. Dental as well. Um, we do $400 every two years towards an eye exam, eyeglasses, contacts, and then $500 every three years for dental. Um, and those, the dental really covers a lot of the things that are not on the IHS formulary list, which for example, like implants, dentures, braces, things like that, that aren't typically covered by the clinic. We can help cover through this program. Well, with the eyeglasses and dental, can the funds be used towards my own dentist or do I have to go to a specific dentist in Blackwell or? Nope. They can be used anywhere. Our process is really, really simple. All that we would require is just to verify that you're enrolled within the call nation. We'd have to have completed application turned into us. Once we verify that you have not uh, received services within the required time frame, the two years or the three years, we would approve you. Once approved, we would send out that approval letter and you would take that to the doctor of your choice. And all your services are on our website, callnation.com currently. Mm-hmm. You go to departments, scroll down, click social service. I'm assuming all the applications are there, all the information and guidelines and qualifications for every one of our programs, and it lists your entire menu of services. Yes, sir. Well, Mr. Means, I appreciate your time. Any questions you may have, don't hesitate to call the main tribal complex and ask for social service or ask Absolutely. for Fallon or Mr. Means, and they will take care of it and get you all that information. Again, thank you and good work. Thank you. You've been listening to Kanza Radio, a weekly update on the people, events, activities, and services of the Kaw Nation. For more information, visit our website at kawnation.com or Kaw Nation on Facebook. Listen again next week at this same time for another edition of Kanza Radio.